Prison Colony Resistance is brought to you by Sam and the Vaxman Productions. Prison Colony Resistance. Where you come to get your PCR test for true. Hey listeners, welcome back to PCR. The Prison Colony Resistance has another awesome bonus special sequel treat for all of you. By popular demand, one of our most popular guests because of the info that he brings is back. But I shall let co-host extraordinaire Sam introduce our illustrious guest. Sam, how you going today? I'm doing well. Look at this. Two days in a row. We, we, we did one yesterday. We're doing one today. It's... Uh, again, I'm spending a lot of time with you. Um, yeah, yeah, the wife is starting to get suspicious, Sam. <laughs> I think she's just glad I'm out of the house. <laughs> anyway, we've got another return guest. Uh, his last episode went really well. He did provide a lot of good information about what is potentially to come. Trevor, how are you, mate? Good, good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me again. I got a lot of good feedback, too. Like I've, I had a lot of people reach out to me that were um, listening in to the show and um and it was good it's always good to get feedback and find out uh that people are feeling empowered um we, we can't stress enough that we want people to be prepared not to be scared we you know the idea of all this is to wake people up give them more more truth bombs to go and drop out there in the universe and to also make them get empowered so yeah awesome awesome to be back well, I think a voice like yours, Trevor, it's not really heard out there too much. It's like so suppressed, like they don't want us to be independent. They want us to be dependent on them. And so hearing someone like you saying, nah, man, you can do this by yourself. You can survive quite easily, live off the grid. People are like shocked, man. Like what? So it's like really valuable. The thing is, Ricardo, is um, it's it's probably going to become the necessity like in the second world war my grandmother in holland she was surviving on wallpaper and tulips and i just had a couple of girls spend the last couple of days on my farm learning uh, prepping and i'm showing them you know how to hunt and how to grow veggie gardens and all sorts of stuff and when i said look do you get it that like in the second world war like my grandmother lived on tulips and wallpaper like that's what happens in 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 wars and that and and 
this little World War Three that we, we seem to be finding ourselves in, the, the war on the people, um, is possibly going to be no different. You know, there's we know everywhere that people like, uh, even companies like Woolworths are starting to trial cashless stores in CBDs. Um, we know, know that the social credit systems existed for many years in China, for example. We know that the protest laws now exist in New South Wales where you can go to jail. We know that people can have their uh, houses and banks uh, seized in Canada. So it's really... Uh, we, we find ourselves at a point where if your blood is not boiling, then chances are it's starting to clot. <laughs> uh, yeah, very good point, isn't it? Um, in your everyday, you know, when you're out in the community, how are you? How are people approaching you at the moment? Man, I truth bomb like a motherfucker. You say something <laughs> in my earshot that I can hear, I will truth bomb your silly ass. So not not even directed at you, you're just interjecting someone's conversation and go... Oh, oh, yeah, come on, man. This is the war. Right, how are we... Like, uh, it's... it's um, How are people to find things out? How is anybody going to find out, right, that in the last year there's been 769 athletes dropping, elite athletes dropping on the field, and the average age of those is 23? Do you know that just the other day, fuck me drunk, the footy show of all shows actually called it out and said, oh, we think there's a trend with the booster shots and athletes dropping on the field. It actually came out the other day. If we look at, 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 at some of the news across the world, that they can't hide the shit anymore. Like, it's too obvious. So in, on March 29, um, the, the Silent No More campaign started in um, New Zealand. Right, and so that's when they did their thing at Parliament House and put all the little white crosses. And everybody that had had adverse reactions or knew of people that had died or had adverse reactions, they all went and put crosses up in the Parliament House. And that's the the little intro song we've had, "Little White Crosses" by Ali Cook. That's a song that she wrote to to dedicate to to that movement. Right, but but even now, now we're looking at April fifth. So if you go to April fifth and you look at the Daily Telegraph, New Zealand. Right, they're sitting there. They're sitting there calling this out, and they're saying that there's been more uh, uh, vaccine injuries and deaths from the COVID-19 vaccine than there's been by all the other vaccines put together in at least the last 20 years. And they're saying this isn't an anti-vaccine. This is an anti-COVID-19 vaccine. Right? They're 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 they're, they're then turning around and they're quoting. Um, other other um, media outlets such as the Rio Times, right, who when are uh, 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 talking about adverse reactions, said this, and I quote, in the Rio Times, the numbers are are terrifying. I oh, sorry, the numbers here are terrifying. So, the thing that we we really find ourselves looking at is if if you look in New Zealand, for example, right. So New Zealand's got a website called MedSafe. You can't just tick a box. You have to really go through the process to lodge an adverse reaction. Do you know that in in New Zealand, on their MedSafe website, there are over 58,000 adverse reactions listed that have happened? Wow. Over 58,000. And it's not just a, you know, you go on there for two seconds. It's something that you've got to jump through a lot of hoops to lodge it and make sure that the whole process is verified. Yeah, but you've, so, heard, you've heard what Fauci said, you heard what Walensky said. You can get an injection, right? 
and then get hit by a bus and claim that that was an adverse reaction from the injection. And obviously, that's got to be 95% of all those uh, adverse events. Right, Trevor? Well, uh, yeah, well, I've seen, yeah, I've seen, I've seen one of those um, chief medical officers about a year or so ago. I saw a press conference with one of those guys in America where he said exactly that. He said, let me make it completely clear in no uncertain terms. Even if you are to be hit by a car and killed, if when we test you, if you had symptoms of COVID, we will classify that as a COVID death. We know that the CDC has written down tens of thousands of previously thought COVID deaths. Like the, the, the real thing here is the elephant in the room is we aren't dying. The elephant <laughs> in the room is in Australia, in Australia, there's, there's less than 90 deaths attributed, right, strictly to COVID. Right, yet all this bullshit's gone. One of my one of my good friends, right now. Now, if you want to know how much I put my money, but uh, uh, put my, my money where my mouth is, I've recently bet people up to a hundred thousand dollars that have sat there and bloody tried gaslighting all this shit. And I said, listen, I will take your stupid ass up to Tivian Holland to my solicitor. I'll draw a contract. I'll even pay for your side of the contract. Right? Then we'll sit down. We'll research this together. And when I prove to you. What I said is true, you owe me a hundred grand. And if it's wrong, I'll owe you a hundred grand. But I hope you got a hundred grand to lose in fucking cash. There's no, oh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, well, you know, I was just saying, and you know, well, everyone's got an opinion. No. You want to go sitting there shooting your stupid mouth? You come to the solicitor, you sign a fucking contract. I'll take you on a hundred grand in cash. Yes or no, or you're going to just use fucking Google and use your goddamn brain before we're all fucking dead and living in concentration camps. Yeah, I hear you, Trevor. I, and uh, two I, points on that. One, I'm, I'm glad you're not betting testicles anymore. I'm glad you're betting uh, money first. <laughs> I think it's better for your long-term health. <laughs> I think he's run out of balls, man. <laughs> yeah, he's run out of balls. He's lost one already, right? So he's bad. So, uh, and second, um, you're right. The methodology, when it works for them, like inflate the numbers to make COVID look bad, it's great. Yeah. But when it works against them, meaning the VAERS data, then it's bad, right? So obviously, like you said, Trevor, we're calling them out and that's a bad thing. Now we've seen that they're pushing this digital ID and digital currencies. And we've also seen news of a cyber attack from Russia, right? It's going to be from Russia. So how about this, Trevor? In commas. In commas, yeah. How about this, Trevor? They cyber attack us and they black us out. Like we're completely gone primitive again for like a week and a half, two weeks, a month, right? And then, no, 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 it won't be that. But wait, 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 let me hear me out. Then the government yeah. comes online somehow through those SOS technologies, right? We get it on the radios, scummos there like Roosevelt. Uh, Australians, I shall rescue you. I have a plan. We can reboot yeah. the internet, but you have to get a digital ID. Now yeah. we're locked in, mate. What do you think about that? I think this, right? If you vote for that dickhead on May the 6th. 21st, right? mate. May the oh, May 21st. Sorry, man. I'm in the. You're doing I'm in the early bush. vote. That's all right. Oh, sorry. I'm in. The, I'm in the bush, mate. If you <laughs> vote for that dickhead, we can't be friends. If, if you, if you, if you think that that dickhead, and, and while you're at it, go duck, duck, go. Things like, um, Scomo, Scomo questioned about pedophilia, August 21, 1991. <laughs> mate, I tell people in Audi. These people are, oh, I don't know who to vote for, mate, buddy. You, you know, you, you got your finger on the pulse a bit. And I tell them, just, just, the, the trouble is, 
while we've still got a 90-year suppression order, thanks to fucking dickhead John Howard, that protects these bloody animals, then they're open to being blackmailed by friggin' whoever. And the guy says to me now, oh, yeah, well, but, but what do we do? Mate, yeah, we need to lift that order. We need these fuckers to be called out because otherwise they can be blackmailed by China or Russia or bloody some special interest group or whatever. You don't want your dirty little secret getting out. Now, now in the Woodrell Commission, Senator Bill Heffernan said, a Supreme Court judge known as his online pedophile, known by his online name Gorilla in Black Lace, was being used by the police and protected by the police for 20 years. Known pedophile protected and used, blackmailed by the police. Now, that wasn't hearsay. That was Senator Bill Heffernan under oath in the Wood Royal Commission. Now, if you can do that with a Supreme Court judge that can send people away for God knows how many years or make a bloody a guilty person innocent, what can, you do with a, what can you do with a senator? What can you do with a prime minister? What can, like, you, do, the, what can you do with the entire government? Mate, you, you can do anything. So, to be honest with you, when it comes to this whole thing, right, I wish everybody would be a prepper, and for fuck's sake, I wish we'd have a, a coronal mass ejection, or a solar flare, <laughs> or I wish the fuck somebody had let off an EMP bomb, <laughs> right? Because, honest to God, we need to crash the electronic system of the world because all of these people, these, these evil, evil, evil global, globalist elitists and, 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 and possibly the devil himself at the top of them all, mate, this, this, is what, this is the road that we're on and we've been programmed to it, we've been conditioned to it. The more you look back at different movies and things that they've shown us and things they've shown us through the years, the more you see... That, that this is just getting us ready to go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, there's, yeah, robots could walk down the street and do surveillance. Oh, yeah, this could do this. This could do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it started It started with Big Brother years ago, and, and now we're at the point where well, people like me have been saying for years, ID2020, the whole game is ID2020, Agenda 2020, Agenda 2030. This is, this is what it's all about. Yeah, mate, you, you're you tell right, people, David. you tell people about Klaus Schwab. I tell, I truth bomb people all the time. Fucking Google the cunt, <laughs> Klaus fucking Schwab, mate. All right, David. he wrote, he wrote the book. The I hope you got a beat button. He wrote the book, The Great Reset. <laughs> like, what more do I need to tell you? The guy wrote the. There's a book on it that you can even read. If you look at his chief advisor, so his chief advisor is all over YouTube. Yeah, Harari. You, you no longer have your soul. You are hackable. The, yeah. the, 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 the idea of free will is gone. You tell people this. Like, this isn't Klaus Schwab, some mad guy that had, like, did three years as a scientist or something and got kicked out of uni. This is the guy that is the head of the United Nations World Economic Forum. So, Trevor, let, let's connect the threads, right? So you're saying Klaus Schwab, and you also said that ScoMo has incriminating evidence in his past that can be used against them to leverage right in the direction that they want we know that Schwab and Scummo have a very special relationship from the letters that were released so obviously they're pulling Scummo in that direction right so they want everybody on a digital ID they want to have programmable cyber currencies or cryptocurrencies and they want they're talking about cyber attacks and so let's assume that they shut down the grid. Let's assume they shut down the internet, right? Just to get us on the quote-unquote great reset because the truth yeah. is getting out, like you said. 
So they have to stop that. They have to stop the Telegram chats. They have to stop the Signal chats, the Wickers. They have to stop all of that chatter because that's where the truth is getting leaked. So they shut it down. Now, let's assume we're 30 days, right? So everybody's eating their tin goods and they're eating their one sack of rice that they had in the pantry. But now the famine starts. Now the hunger starts. Let's assume we're three months in. For example, right? Or they reboot it and like we're on the outskirts because we're the unvaxxed. How do we eat in the dark period? Easy. But first, let me just qualify one statement. So Scott Morrison was on the headlines in August 1991, right? being questioned about pedophilia. What happened as an outcome of that, we don't know. And the trouble with that question mark is we know that politicians are protected under a 90-year suppression order. So I'm not saying he 100% was convicted because guess what? We're not allowed to know. But that's something that I think all politicians, if I was put it this way, if I was Scott Morrison, the first thing I would be doing is lifting that, that suppression order and saying, if you do this kind of evil, every fucker should know it. So the next part of that is, is, is yes, if he's got uh, allegiances to Klaus Schwab, then we also have to look at the fact that Klaus Schwab has been the leader of uh, the Young Leaders, uh, what do they call it, the Young Leaders program for about 32 years, of which Justin Trudeau, good old Justin Trudeau, oh, you're going to protest, I'm going to seize your house and your, your bank account, and I'll take your dog too, right? <laughs> so Justin Trudeau, Justin Trudeau actually went through Klaus Schwab's uh, young leaders program. You, you can Google it. You'll find it. No, it's the, true. The crazy, no, no, no. Yeah, no. The, the crazy thing same, is this shit's away. You know, so here's so, so here's so here's the thing. This is this is pen and paper time, right? Water is of paramount importance. Right? I cannot stress to you how much how much importance there is behind water and how much importance there is behind your toilet, right? Because if there is a cyber war, that means there is going to be no water. Right? It's, there's no old man and they say, Hey, Ronnie, turn the valve three more turns, mate. We need another gigaliter. That, that finished 60 years ago. Right? So you're going to need to have rainwater tanks. You're going to need to keep your garbage bins clean. You're going to need to know how to do things like use a hacksaw and cut your downpipes and turn your sewer bins into emergency, um, uh, emergency rainwater tank. Right? So uncensored bleach. Don't worry about the, the, the numbers too much uncensored bleach two drops per litre or it's really a quart but we'll call it a litre right that'll clean most water the safest thing you can do is boil water right uh if i had if i wasn't dead set povo right i'd be going to a chemist and i'd be getting what's called condi's crystals right condi's crystals is a much safer way of purifying water without heat than bleach like bleach you can do it but do i really want to drink a whole heap of hydrogen peroxide well, if it was a choice between dying of thirst or not, yeah, but otherwise I think there's other me methods that I'd use. Other things you'd like to get, for example, I've got a website that, things, uh, that sells filter-pure water filter bottles. Those things can even do a duck pond. Those things can even do radiological stuff, to be honest with you, and that's on the bottle saying, and it does even do radiological stuff. Um, so water is going to be super, 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 super important. Right, super, 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 super important. You're going to have to have extra garbage bags. If you can't flush the toilet, which you won't be able to do in a cyber war, what you're going to do is you're going to piss in a bucket. You're going to empty the bucket in the garden. You're going to line your toilet with, with garbage bags. 
You're going to put in the bag when they get a little bit full, you tie a knot in it, you take it out. If you've got some kitty litter, you can put some kitty litter. If you've got access to builder's lime, hydrated lime, you have a bucket of that in the corner. Make sure you mark poison on there and tell your kids, do not play with this. It's not talcum powder and under no circumstances touch your face with it because it will burn your eyes. Right? But you can use that like kitty litter because you're going to have to do good sanitation in a cyber war or literally you're going to start having third world diseases within a month in your house. That's the most important, important, important messages, two messages I can give you instantly because that's going to affect you within days. Trevor. When we start getting <clears throat> to the week or more, then you're talking food. Trevor, uh, one, one question on what you said. Um, let's say that you have that, the sewage, right? Your, your own sewage that you develop, that, you know, that accrues throughout the day and you take it out mm-hmm. to your garden. At what level, uh, like how much can your garden take? Like how much, you know, should you put on? Man, the, the thing is, um, so I'll give you an example, right? So... Um, urine is, 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 uh, very heavy in urea, right? So if you can dilute that eight to one in water in a normal permaculture setting, that will, will, would turn it into uh, a basic form of fertilizer, right? Straight up urine is going to end up killing your plants, right? And, and eventually I reckon too much, too much actual, we'll just call it poo. It's the easy way <laughs> to talk about it, right? That, that's, that's going to end up overloading the system too. The, the, the big important thing is, right, is, is survival. Like, I've got, to, I've got to kick you all out of warm fuzzy and get you into alive. Yeah? <laughs> we're not in warm fuzzy, we're in alive. So the question is, is shit better in the ground or breeding germs in your house? The answer is in the ground. It's a good question to ask, and the, and the trouble is, like, and it's a really good question. In the Christchurch earthquakes of 88, what happened is uh, it severed the water lines, which means people couldn't flush their toilets and things. Um, what they found, that went on for five weeks, which is about the ballpark of the, the start game that you're talking about with cyber. Um, and what they found was people would just, would just poo in the loo till it filled, couldn't flush it, then they'd go to the laundry, just shit the corner until... They couldn't even walk in there because of the smell anymore. And then they'd pick another bedroom. And if they had another bedroom, then they'd pick another bedroom. And oh. in the end, they were like, confined to like the lounge room of the kitchen. That's our that's, future, that's, huh? that's over a period of five weeks. Oh, wow. That's, that's how quick it goes. Yeah. Yep. Like, like, we've got a saying in prepping that we're only, we're only uh, uh, two rubbish services away from a riot. Like, you're two rubbish collections away from a riot. <laughs> You know, the real the real thing to do is to get to get your head around this stuff. The next stuff, which is questions that you've been asking, is food stock. So now while there's plenty of stuff out there, if you are of means, as we said last time, I get it, man. Believe me, I get it. And this is why I stress to people, even rich people and journal like proper well paid big time journalists and shit. Get the shit while it's while it's on special, while the supermarkets are loaded. Because nothing pisses me off more. I went around doing hard rubbish in Melbourne the other day when I went down to go grab my daughter to bring her back to my farm. And I picked up all sorts of things, including big, 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 big bulk packs of completely wrapped up, never used cheap toilet paper. Whoa. Now somebody's putting in hard rubbish. They, they would empty the shelves of them it just in case they need them. Oh, but now there's plenty of toilet paper. Now we throw it away. It's still in plastic wrappers. And I was just like, toilet paper away. I, I yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but Sam, people, mate, I, I'll bet you anything. Here you go. Here's my favourite. 
I'll bet you a testicle. <laughs> I'll bet you a testicle that people have been throwing out black and gold brand flour and black and gold brand rice and all that sort of stuff, which, which you know, for any of us that have backpacked and been students and stuff like that and gone to TAFE while we're living at home, that's like, that's like the go-to brand. Do you know? The, the trouble is these people go out when it's lockdown day, empty the shelves of all the black and gold shit, and then poor old grandma or bloody uni student or single mum on a pension or bloody disability bloody pension person walks up the aisle on lockdown day. Oh, crap, I better get something. I've got $13. What can I get? Oh, I'm sorry. There's only the super, super, mega, mega, fancy, fancy, ultra premium organic brand where you're going to get one bag that's small for $13. Do you know why? Because every cockhead in the world has gone out and bought all the no-name shit and filled the house up with it. But guess what? They don't like it and they're not going to use it. Oh, I mean, I'd, I'd have it if I had to. Like, if it got really bad, oh, it didn't get that bad. I'll throw it out now. And how many people would have gone without? That's the killer, right? So while things are on special, stock what you use, use what you stock. Like we said last time, anything that's long life... And, and takes little energy, right? That means little preparation energy because the more pots and pans you use, that's the more water and stuff you're going to use to try and clean and sanitise, and that's using resources, right? Things like canned soups, things like uh, tuners, the good old four-bean mixes, canned corn, anything that's what we call a twofer. If you don't know what a twofer is, about time you become a tradie. Twofers are special where it's two-for-one. It's so like when you go to the server and they give you like a Mars bar and a chalky milk for six bucks. It's too far, right? So what you want is something that's got water in it, like corn kernels, for example, right? You don't want to use all of your precious drinking water, right, if there's a cyber war, cooking food, right? You've got a can of corn kernels, wonderful. It's already got water in it that you can start making a soup with, right? You get a can of tuna, right? Make sure you get yourself the can of tuna that's got oil in it. Because now you can cook with it. You don't have to use the other oil that you've got because you don't know how long this is all going to have to stretch on for. Things you want to get particularly good at is foraging edible weeds. Learn bush tucker, learn edible weeds. On my website, there's the Weed Forager's Handbook. Get it. Learn it. Learn this shit, right? This will make you so self-sufficient. The only thing you've got to worry about, which we discussed in the last episode, was whether or not it's been sprayed with weed killers. That you can ask council, you can knock on people's doors and say, "Oh, I noticed you've got a whole heap of mallow and purslane in your front yard. Um, do you spray, or is that all good? Do you mind if I pick some?" Oh, there's southeast all over there. Oh, I'll pull that out if you want. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, no worries. Well, I had a neighbour in Adelaide. She had four and a half foot tall weeds in the front yard. I knocked on the door and said, "Can I pull out your weeds?" She goes, "Oh, Trevor." That's so kind of you. I said, oh, well, I'll be honest with you. It's full of vitamins and minerals and shit, and it's there, and it's free, and there's like four and a half feet tall of it, and I can just pick some off, and next week there'll be more. And that, I, I had that going for months, that front yard. Right? This is what you've got to get good at. You've got to get good at alternative cooking sources. You've got to get good at things like going out, like we said last time, get yourself a $20 uh, butane cooker, Right, go get yourself some of those butane cans, right? If you don't have much money, get in the habit of when you go shopping, you just get yourself, they're only like $4.50 for three cans. That'll last you three to five days, depending on what you do. You are no longer cooking three-course meals, forget about it. And by the way, here's a big one. With my prepper school, I'm going to start a new kind of boot camp, and it's called Boot Your Kids Up the Ass Camp, because seriously, <laughs> we, we, we all, we all, need to start reining our kids in a bit 
not where there's 10 different million options, right? When I was a kid, there was one thing you were allowed to pick. I picked pumpkin, and that was my one thing ever I didn't have to eat, ever. My older sister, she picked tomatoes, and that was her one thing ever <laughs> she wasn't allowed to eat, ever, right? You need, you need to start getting yourselves to the point where whatever's on that plate, your kid knows, maybe there's one thing on the plate they can put to the side and everything else on the plate, that is it, Right, we really need we really need to start um, getting disciplined with ourselves as parents. We need to get disciplined with our children, and the reason is we don't want a big fighting, kicking, screaming match when when we're living on bloody hibiscus tacos. Yes, you can make hibiscus tacos, right? This is why I say start learning what else is out there, right? Like we said last time, learn how to make jams, learn how to make pickles, get glass jars, right? Go on Facebook. Right, go on Gumtree, go to garage sales. You want as many glass jars as you can. Like we said last time, go find the market near you and go there like 15 minutes before it closes and get yourself boxes of tomatoes. When they say, ah, oh, the thing that was $12 10 minutes ago is now $3. Get it. Get it. Make as much as you can of it. You need olive oil. You need salt. You need vinegar. You need to be able to keep resupplying yourself. Do a food map, Right? Either print out a map of your neighbourhood or go get yourself an old UBD map from a garage sale or something and get in the habit of walking around and seeing what trees are where, what weeds are where. Find out where you can plant secret gardens. Every fucker I know does this, and I'm glad that you guys are going to do this too. That's right, you are. I just told you. <laughs> right? Nasturtium seeds, purslane seeds, mallow seeds, south thistle, dandelion. Right? When you can find seeds of plants that are edible, you should go and find places, little parks and creeks and little nature walks and mountains and shit, and start propagating. The average vegetable takes between 50 and 120 days to grow. Okay? Now, weeds will grow in like almost any pH soil at literally any time of year, and they are really not fussy, and most of them are very good to eat. You need to know what they are, the most common weeds, as in the Weed Forager's Handbook, right? The most common weeds are very easy to identify, and, and, and there's, with one exception of purslane, there's one, one purslane that if you snap it, it's got a milky sap, that's not the purslane. You want the one that when you snap it, there's no milk, right? The thing with most of these edible weeds is, a lot of them are, are high in oxalic acid. If you eat these things every day of your life, eventually you're gonna get, end up with kidney stones, right? What you need to do is you need to blanch most of these things, right, which is just literally boil yourself a kidney cup, like an army kidney cup. You should have yourself an army kidney stove, right? You're not making three-course meals anymore. You're, like, eating. See, we're not doing comfy, comfy. We're just doing eating now, right? Um, so, Trevor, if when I, you, when if you I could... When you blanch they become safer. If I could yeah. just interrupt for a second... Um, just to kind of tie some of the threads that you were mentioning, um, in yeah, terms yeah. of like um, finding like uh, supplies for cooking yeah. and stuff like that, Gumtree is a great area. Um, mm -hmm. You can go to the freebie section on Gumtree and there's every single freaking time there's somebody who has glass jars that they just want to get rid of. That's it. And they're giving it away for free as well as firewood as well as all kinds of stuff. So just go to the freebie yeah. section. I found two awesome mountain bikes. Somebody's like, and one of them has a flat. Uh, first one to come can take them. Give them a yeah. ring. Send them a message. You got some goods for free. Yeah. Glass yeah. jars. Uh, beer fermenting kits. If you want to have some fun on the Fridays, make brew your own beer. But you got to get ready. You got to stash that stuff up and get ready to go. 
And the other thing okay. that I wanted to tell you is, uh, in terms of like, um, like planting around and that kind of stuff, um, that's really interesting, man. Um, the, the, the oven that you mentioned before, the solar oven, I'm starting to work on mine. I got all the stuff together. Now I just have to, you know, paint it and everything and set the little door up. Um, but now I'll have some food to forage as I take my walk. So now all I need is a book, some pictures, and I'm set, mate. No, that's easy. See, so for people that, that haven't listened to um, uh, the last podcast we did, right, so we were talking about solar ovens, literally this, right, a solar oven is literally a cardboard box, you line it with a bit of polystyrene foam, if you want you can paint it black, you get an old window frame, you stick it on the top, and guess what, on a 24 degree uh, clear day, it can get up to 90 degrees, eggs coagulate at 80 degrees, I've made eight egg quiches, in a solar oven. So 100%, these, these are the things that people should be getting to learn how to do and, and not just to have something, like play with it, like play with it. If you don't know where to start, do my prepper school. Just go to prepperschool.com. The whole thing is one dollar to download the whole lot. In four to six hours, you're going to know so many things about so many things and it's not you get lost in it all. It is set out in such a way where you go, right, that's food, that's water, this is security, this is what I do, this is what I got, this is what I need. Easy, 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 easy. People need to get good at all these sorts of things. While I've just mentioned security, yeah. the thing is, the thing is, we, we realise that part of the reason that um, prepping, if you will, is starting to go mainstream is because all the sheepdogs like myself around the world, um, they've got a social conscience uh, we're not the wolves, we're, we're the sheepdogs in this, and we all feel that the more people can prepare, the more we can stick together. You see, I don't want you to be my enemy. I don't want you to kick in my door and try and, and rob me. And yes, people have threatened on social media, they're going to come and rob me. And I've told them, great, come, I'll eat them. And then suddenly they decided they didn't want to play with <laughs> me anymore. Um, but, but it's a, leg- it's a legitimate threat. And, uh, it, it's a legitimate threat because if shit goes dark, if everything goes down... The people that yeah. are unprepared, the people that have done nothing, and you know, some people are quite aggressive in, and if they find themselves in such a stress, stressful situation, they lash out and they want to take what is yours. So, oh, it, yeah. what, what, what you're saying is a very legitimate threat. Mate, I, 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 I will be surprised, Sam. I, I know that you won't have to do this because I, I know are uh, 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 on the path. Um, but there, there will be wives out there that will say to their husbands, listen, you gutless wonder, I don't care if you have to get a friggin' spear gun or a friggin' hammer or a pitchfork, you go down the street and you bring back kids. My kids are not going to starve. I didn't marry you. You're, you're meant to be our protector. Go and get us something to eat. The kids aren't going to sit there and starve in front of me. There will be people that will do that. And we know that in every... in every See, what we look at it a lot in prepping is, is precedent. Has this happened before? What's the the, 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 the the possibility of happy, happening, uh, happening again? Is there a probability of it happening now? And what, what precautions can we take? You know, it's not just this drawn on no precedent. The whole thing is drawn on precedent. When has this happened before in history and how does this usually play out? Trevor. Yeah, and that's, that's what we got, yeah. Do you know the story of Van Diemen's Land? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People started eating each other because there was no food. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they had the same, there's a place called um, Donna Pass, right, up in um, the top of California where it snows. And when, when you get snowed in there, 
you get snowed in for four or five months and there was something like, oh man, I think there was like 32 people and in the end, when when help arrived, they were finding blood in bowls and bludgeoned people everywhere and it was oh. like, like that, man. It was like, absolutely, like, I'm a hunter, man. The last time I ate, I ate a meal that I, I shot was 8pm last night. And you hear stuff like that and you're just like, how do how do humans devolve, you know? Like how how does how do people get that that um thing? It's it's like I say in prepping, you know, prepping prepping is the ultimate do unto your brother as your brother would do unto you. You know, and that's why already I, everywhere I go I foster relationships. I'm always kind of soft rec- recruiting. <laughs> you know, I'm always kind of meeting people and thinking, shit, that person's got a friggin' backbone and that person like you know, they see the world for what it is and they've got good good values, you know, and I mean everything from, like, fucking hardcore people that would scare the piss out of you. Like, and I'm not joking, man. I mean, like, you would shit fucking bricks. And I'm like, that's a solid person in a war situation. To, to my friends, the Christian missionaries that I have dinner with a couple of nights a week. You know, like, the thing is, you're really looking for who's who's a solid person? What's what's what? Who's got like similar ethics who who understands what's actually going on in the big picture because you don't want to have it that three days in or two weeks into okay this neighbor and that neighbor will buddy up together and we'll join forces that way we can keep an eye out for each other and then the next thing you know you're having world war three amongst yourselves because of your, your different political ideologies yeah let, so- let alone like you say when it gets to absolute starvation so how do you stand down someone who comes onto your land? Like, I'll tell you, Trevor, like uh, one of my, you know, like my, my shed and everything, and I'm stocking up, I'm getting some food supplies, some bags of rice, you know, just getting ready in case, in case. Uh, and I, you know, I've shown some close friends. I don't like a lot of people on my property, but close friends. And I show them my shed and my rice bags and everything, and they're like, ooh, now I know where to come if I run low. Every single person has said that to me. That's why you gotta do. That's why you gotta do my prepping school, which you said you were gonna do last time. You gotta do prepping school, man. Just do the online thing. So how do you stand down someone who like comes onto your land to take your shit? The thing is, it's it's like um um. I'll give you an example, right? This really, 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 really nice girl. Right, there's also really brainy man. She's a scientist too. Right, she's pretty hand brainy. Right, she was in my in my bed last night. Right, do you know how I know I'm not going to have like a kid today? Because there's precautions, isn't there? There's different <laughs> things you can do. Do you see? And it's and it's like that. Right. So part of this is right. If nobody knows, then nobody knows. That's why we do mylar bags now. Even those jumbo mylar bags I do, you can put 66 kilos in them and they slide under the bed. I just dug shitloads of those out of my, my storage containers and I'm going to stick them back online this week and show my stocks are, are up on those again. Right. So what you want to do is you actually want to hide your preps. You want to do what we call grey man and grey woman and tell as few people as you can. And if you want, just gaslight motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, what's going on with all this stuff, mate? I'm thinking about getting myself some chickens and stuff just in case you... Ah! Ah, this is like that with Y2K, bloody freaking conspiracy <laughs> fear. Buddy, mate, 
Go to the shop and get yourself some outfall and stick it over your hat, mate. Buddy, don't worry. Well, I suppose you're going to go off about 5G next. Right. And, and, and the trouble is, like, I've got people in the wake movement that I know, and they get furious. I'm being furious. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't know if the person that you think you're furious with is just a better grey man or grey woman than you. And they're just hiding the fact that they know what's going on. They've got all their ducks in a row, but that's their ducks. They made their road. They're not your ducks. That's not your road. So you don't need to know about their ducks and, and, and their road because that's theirs. You need to worry about yours. And if they're going to pretend to you like they're just another dumb sheep, well, that's part of the game of soil. But not, only, not, only, not only can Elon Musk and Bill Gates and friggin' Scott Morrison and buddy Justin Trudeau and whoever else play soil with us, we can play soil too. It's not a two-way street. We're in for a game of chicken here. <laughs> you know, so the thing is, hide your preps from people. Don't tell people all, all about your preps. The big question about security is this, right? What you want to have is you want to have a peephole in your front door. If you've got a side light next to your front door, you want to go and get yourself a piece of toughened glass, right, tempered glass. You glue in all around the edges and you just stick the glass on the top of it. Because that little side light glass next to your front door, I can put a baseball cap over my fist, punch through that door, and I'll drag your head through there, and I'm going to tell you, I'm, I like a cup of tea, I like an extra milky, and I want it one sugar. Get your ass inside and put that fucking kettle on before I open the door latch. And you go to the kitchen. All right? Now, if you've got that tough and glass side light, I can't just crack your door through and grab you. All right? What you need to have is you need to have things like gravel on the side so you can hear people come. You want things like bougainvillea bushes and rose bushes on the corners of property. Where people jump fences easily is on the corners of properties. Right? You want to have latches on your manhole cover so no one can just slip a couple of tiles off in your house, stay in your roof until you're all nice in bed, drop down from your roof, and next thing you know, you've got a home invasion that you didn't even know was going to happen. Fucking hell. You're coming at it from all angles, yeah, aren't you? For sure, man. Dude, that, is, dude, that is terrifying. Dude, I know this shit, right? What you want to do is stuff like this, right? Now, this is something that I've been advising uh, uh, um, for a long time, and this is something that I actually advised one of your listeners the other day who's been in contact with me. For anybody who's, like, after the show that's still like, oh, my head's all over the place and blah, 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 here's my phone number, 0413-174-384. If you don't know where to start, just give me a ring. I'm happy to talk, right? And I'll, I'll help you get your ducks in a row, right? Now, here's my big advice, right? A lot of women say to me, oh, you know, oh, I've got a knife next to my bed. What are you going to do with that? Oh, if somebody comes, I say to them, do you want to play a game? They go, yeah, what? Because like, we're, we're, I'm probably going to get a TV show soon doing all this stuff, right? <laughs> and I've already said, we're, we're going to sit there and we're going to do this out for real. And, and the producer's like, what, really? I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll kick in doors and friggin' we'll tie. I, I tied a chick up yesterday. She no sooner turned up in the farm to learn her prep school, she got out of the car and said, put your hands out. Was that the one that Stickle ended up in your bed? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, said, I, said, I, knew I, said, I knew it. I knew it. Oh, man. I, tried, I was like, look, you know, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be good here and blah, blah, and I'm all Christian again. And she's like, Trev, just let me give you a massage. I was like, oh, you're right. I'm sore for cutting truth. I'm only human, man. I'm only human. Right? So I told her, I said, put your arms out. Right? And, 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 I, and I said to her, right, where do you conceal a knife? I said, where's your knife? She said, I don't have a knife. I said, you're a prepper. Where's your knife? You've got to have a knife. What are you doing without a knife? What do I need a knife for? You need a knife for everything. You need a knife to cut rope. You need a knife to process an animal. You need a knife to make 
make L7 traps, the deadfall traps. Like, what are you doing about a knife? And I showed her, this is how you conceal a knife, this is where you conceal a knife. Right? You should all know how to do this soon. Right? You're not allowed to walk down the street now, you're not allowed to go to the shopping centre now. I'm talking shit hits the fan. If you don't have something, you're a bit silly. Right? But the killer is this. Unless you're really good and really, really, really adamant that you can, you know, as you say, stand a person down, chances are they're going to get that knife off you. And if it's me, not that I would, I'd only do it to, like, illustrate a point to you. I'll tell you. I like my cup of tea, milky, <laughs> with one sugar. Go fucking put the kettle on right now. And if it's not milky, I'm going to get really pissed. And off you go. Two fingers of milk, Trev, or, or one? One and a half, please. Thank you. Right, now this is the point. You should have a knife because somebody might tie you up. If they're going to tie you up, the first time they're going to tie you up is play, play, right? That's just get you in the boot of the car or, or get you to where they're actually going to do whatever with you, right? Now, now let's not forget that, that China's still got massive shits with Japan over the Manchurian War where Japan took 400,000 comfort women. Here's the number, 400 thousands this is what happens in war particularly if you're a woman i want you to pay very big attention to this the first time they tie you they're not going to do the best job at it the second time they're going to tie you chances are you're going to get a chain and a padlock put around your neck and you're going to get chained to a steel bed and guess what that's where you're going to stay you're going to be used abused bartered traded fucking god knows the first time they tie you that is your opportunity to fucking run Right? If you get put in a boot, try and pull out the, the lights. Right? Try and f grab wires in the boot and try and pull out the lights. In most boots, there's even like a little emergency little latch. Feel around underneath the lid. If you've got a car, try and feel around in yours and see if your car has got an emergency latch to, top, to pop the boot out. Right? You should start practicing things like how to get out of zip ties. Right? Particularly when people are getting taken in mass, they don't get handcuffs. There's not enough handcuffs to go around. They will zip tie you. What you need to do with a zip tie is you need to try and just pretend that you're going to be all nice and put your hands out in front of you, right? Try and get them to zip tie your hands in front of you. If they put your hands behind your back and zip tie you, you can turn your feet through, but I'm telling you, it's not going to be as easy as what you could do it when you were 12, <laughs> right? What you're going to try and do is you're going to try and get your shoelaces and you're going to tie those crossways over the insides of your arms, over the top of the zip tie, and then you're going to seesaw your shoelaces backwards and forwards, like you're doing, what's those little leg exercises where you do the little, the little pump runs, right? And you're going to literally cut that zip tie with your shoelaces. You're going to tie both your shoelaces together over the top of the plastic tie, right? You've got to start understanding what could happen, and if you're listening to this show, right, most of you are good people and a couple of you are government employees. And if you listen to this, you motherfuckers should be ashamed of earning the money you do spying on people like us. You should be out trying to find that little Spider-Man kid, William Tyrrell. But what people need to do is understand all these sorts of things, right? If somebody's going to try and abduct you, the first time they tie you, that's your opportunity. If somebody makes you put your hand out and they're going to try and tie your arms with rope, just spread your wrist apart a little. Don't do it too much because they'll know that you're trying to make it so you can loosen the ropes and get out. If you can get away with just parting your wrist a tiny little bit, 
that's better than nothing. That might give you a little bit of wiggle room to start loosening those ropes, right? Things that are very important. If you are a single mum, I want you to pay particular attention to what I'm about to say. I want you to go out and spend like 30 bucks and get the absolute best Nerf water pistol money can buy. Buy the big fucker, buy the thing that says this thing shoots like 27 metres, right? Buy the biggest one, buy the best one money can buy, right? Now go to the supermarket. Go find the friggin' hottest, craziest chilli sauce that doesn't have seeds in it. If it's got seeds in it, whack it through a blender, get a bit of muslin cloth, like cheesecloth, and sit there and squeeze out the seeds. Make sure you're wearing rubber gloves because this stuff's going to burn your hands, right? I want you to try and fill up that bottle with a combination of vinegar and as many bottles of the friggin' hottest, craziest. Don't just get Tabasco. I'm talking the one that says, ghost hot, chilli, friggin' 10 out of 10, burn your brain, nah, your bum's going to explode sauce. That's <laughs> the one that you want. You want as much of it as you can. Talking, fill that bottle. Home, Hang on, just wait, just home, wait. Home. Write, write a big X, X, draw a little poison face on it. Write poison on it. If you have children, if you have nieces and nephews, if you have children that visit your house regularly, you make sure that they're aware under no circumstances, touch that thing, play with that thing, use that thing, because it is possible could even blind them. Now, here's my point. So you asked earlier, how do you get someone to stand down? Well, you're not just going to say, um, look, mate, uh, we're not really taking visitors through the ride at the moment. Um, so like, you're going to do it by an act of force. Literally, the only way that you are going to scare a person off is to be scarier than them and to be more fierce than them. Like like Krav Maga fighting, right? Mm -hmm. The reason that they teach that to the Israelis is they know that when the Palestinians cop to capture one of their soldiers, they don't say, okay, you give us one and we'll give you one. They'll say, you give us 36 and we'll give you this guy back. And that's why they teach their soldiers, poke their eyes, go for soft tissues, use a pen, Stab anything soft under armpits and stuff like that, right? Just whatever you do, do it. Now, every time that I teach like girls on my farm how to how to fight, like if you come to my farm, I'll tell you as a woman, bring yourself a mouth guard. I'm going to teach you within ten minutes. Within ten minutes, you are trading blows. And if you're not throwing them for real, I've got three words I tell people come on my farm: be here now. Right? A hundred percent doesn't mean. You're going to do A everything. You're not going to get an A plus. A hundred percent means you're going to give it as much as you've got. That doesn't mean an A. It doesn't mean an A plus. I fucking hate Survivor and Alone and all those shows that just people shows people how to fail. To me, success is you were thirteen percent and I can get you to fifty-seven. To me, that is way better than a person that starts at eighty-five and I get to ninety-three. What you're going to need to do is things like have your own improvised pepper spray. Right, you hear funny, crazy noises, you pump that thing up full of air, and you walk down down the corridor. Right, if you want to get smart, you can make yourself a tactical pepper gun, right? So what you do is you get yourself a torch that's a really bright torch. Get yourself a nice torch. Get yourself an expensive torch. Don't get yourself a $2 torch, but if all you can afford is a $2 torch and a $7 water pistol, that is going to be better than your doodle in your hand or a knife that somebody like me is going to say, put that down, go make me a cup of tea. Right? If you can, put a torch on the front of it. Make sure the thing's full. When you walk down, if you sit down and you point that torch in somebody's eyes, instantly it's going to be harder for them in the night to see. You can turn, if they're turning lights on, you can turn lights off. And you can point that torch in their face. When that point, tor torch is pointed in their face, 
try and unload as much of that water bottle. The next question that women always ask me is, oh, and then I'll tie them up. No, you're not going to tie them up. That guy's going to freaking be pretty pissed, man. You're going to run out the house. If your kids are with you, you're going to run out the house with the kids. You're going to put as much of that shit on as you can, and you're going to try and grab your kids, and you're, you're just going to run. Run, 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 run. Even Krav Maga, what they teach the Israeli soldiers, they don't teach them poke an eye out and then go handcuff the guy because he might have a hand grenade on him. Right? They teach him poke the eye out and fucking run. Run and run and run and don't stop. Don't even look back, just run. What's next? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Good advice, mate. I'm I'm motivated as fuck. I want to yeah. hit the I want to hit the toy store later. Yeah. Like that is, that is serious, <laughs> seriously that is that is the the most practical, so such a simple bit of advice, mm. right? Because yeah, let's let's spray these fuckers in their eyes. Let's you know, debilitate them for a little while, and then we've got the advantage over them. Yeah. That's it. See, so that the thing is. So, and the thing is, when I talk to, like, I obviously have a lot of chats with people like this, and we do a lot of practical stuff on my farm. There's a bit of theory, but it's literally, be here now, I'm going to immerse you in it. Like I say, chick no sooner got out of a car yesterday, and I tied her up and gave her a knife, and within, like, five seconds, I said, right, I'm putting on a cup of tea for you and your sister. When you've, when you've got yourself out of that, come over here, and I'll teach you how to shoot, shoot a bow and arrow. <laughs> Welcome to my farm. That's your induction. Um... Now, the reason that, that, I, that I, I, I impress these things on people is, A, to see them push their boundaries, B, to show them how quickly things can escalate, and, and C, to show them, um, you know, you might think that if you've got a machete or something, you know, don't get me wrong, machete, not much going to be a machete, right? But you've got to be willing to sit there and, like, whop an arm off, right? It's, it's, for some people, that's what, and then what do I do? There's this... Person waving this bloody hand around and this blood shooting. Now, what, what am I meant to do then? Right? And, and then do I catch them or do I this or that? And you don't know if they've got dirty syringes in their pocket or you, you don't know. You don't know nothing. Right? <laughs> and this is the thing. Right? And, 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 and um, particularly when, when women ask me these questions, they're like, and then, and then what do I tie them up with? And, and, and this and that. And, you know, or, or if I stab them, where's, where's the best place to say? I'm like, you, you are going to overthink by the time that you've even gone through your 100,000 thoughts of what you could do and how you're going to do it and what if this happens. They're all, you're already making them a cup of tea. And that is the most polite way to say it. But is there a point right? where, if, you know, this kind of situation someone finds themselves in, will that innate kind of reaction to just go primal, will that kick in? Well, let's, let's put it this way. Well, I've, I've, I don't know how many emergency situations... You've actually been in. I don't know if you've actually ever had like loaded guns pointed at you and things. Um, but I'll tell you from my experience, right? So I've done all these things, right? In in my experience, um, I'm going to quote Einstein for you one time. If you were to judge a fish by how well it can climb a tree, you'll surely be disappointed. I've seen a chick that couldn't swing a friggin' two kilo axe to save her life shoot a better group than I shot, right? Different people can do different things better, and that's why I hate the whole, oh, and, and who's, which contestant got knocked out because from the elimination round, and I hate that shit, man. To, to me, it's all about 
doing the best that you can in everything. And my point is this. In situations where things escalate quickly, I, I've had loaded weapons pulled on me and stuff, right, in real scenarios, not not like a dress rehearsal or anything, like for real. I don't know why, but f- for people like me and scuba diving, I've rescued people in over 30 metres of water and in the Uluru, I've, somebody else's passenger, I had to jog in a K and wrap this lady's head all up because she'd completely scalped the head. I don't know why, but... In emergency situations, I just get clear. I'm like, okay, Sam, I need you to make a phone call. Ricardo, can you go over there and get the emergency blanket out of the bottle? Right, everybody else, can you just move over there, get off the road, please, or otherwise a truck's going to come hit you in a second. Right, and meanwhile, I'm doing whatever. Some people can just be there now and, and just do the right things, and other people, man, some people will just pass out. Yeah, they just go They just go weak at your knees and, and, and kind of fall and apart. This, and and this is this is why I can't stress enough while we're on this subject because we're we're hitting security pretty hard today because it's something that we we need to take on board and I know that from my feedback from your listeners that they're very keen on on understanding right we've all got a value system right that's how the bad man can do whatever he does because he's like ah oh, fuck it well dog eat dog well what are you meant to do uh, you know what you meant to do mate you actually meant to be a pretty kind of decent person that that's actually what you're actually meant to do but you know um. Now, we might not want to stab a person or shoot him with a spear gun or God knows whatever else you're going to think you're going to do, right? Because then you've got all these other things that you've got to deal with after that, right? Um, but it's a pretty simple thing to just shoot somebody with something that your value system says, this isn't going to kill them, this is going to stop them instantly getting near me. And, and so far away from me, they'll, they'll be down the hallway. I can shoot them. I can just unload this thing. And you just you just keep squirting it until they hit the ground. Yeah. Yep. And then if it's just you, you, you get out of the house. Don't worry, leave them with the house. Right? You, you just get you out. Well, you know, and if you've got to grab the kids, grab the kids. All right, come on, kids. Quick, quick, quick. Out. Your kids know where the front door is. The kids know where the back door is. The kids know where the window is. The kids know where the dog door is. You tell them where to go. They will know what that means. They know their house. Right? But the simple thing is your volume system won't have to sit there and go, oh, what, what do I this, what do that? I probably told you the story last time. I know a bloke went to jail. They had an order where they only had to give out two eggs. This guy comes along, goes to get his, his, his plate of food. There's two eggs. Guy says, mate, they've, they've given us an order. We're only allowed to give out one egg each. The other guy says to him, mate, if you know it's good for you, you're going to give me two eggs, right? All the boys in jail, they were boxing and bodybuilding, so they need protein, so they want eggs, right? They can't buy Musashi bars. And the guy says, mate, I can only give you one egg or I'm going to get in trouble. The guy says, mate, if you don't give me two, you're going to be in trouble later. He says, all right, then I'll meet you in the cool room. And so they go sneak off to the cool room. And the one doing the serving, he takes a boning knife with him, thinking that, like, he can hold it up and thwart off this guy that's a clearly better fighter than him. So they go into the, the, the room to have a fight, but he doesn't want to have a fist fight because he knows he's going to get his ass kicked. So he holds up this boning knife. He says, you better not come near me. Oh, buddy, I'll, I'll get you. Now, this is a true life story of guys in jail. That guy got that knife taken off him and he got stabbed 16 times over one egg. Welcome to the jungle. Mm. Get yourself a water bottle, put a torch on there, right? You can't get in any trouble, not breaking any laws. But if somebody comes along and they're going to break into your house or whatever, even now in these times, you know, you just shoot him in the face. Go on, kids, out the back door. Go, 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 go. Just go. 
knock on the next door neighbor's door or whatever you think the next safe step is, right? The thing is you want to have solar path lights, you want to have glow-in-the-dark stars through your house, $2 Bunnings, Bunnings Buddy solar lights. The way that you're going to get around these these things are, are usually quite cheap. Like we've said, you know, make sure that you've got uh, two pad bolts underneath your, your manhole cover, right? So no one can just slip into your roof and wait for you to go to sleep and all they have to do is just lift that cover up drop down two metres into your bathroom and the next thing you know, you don't even know someone's in your house, right? Do, do, these, do these simple things, not just for what we imagine could happen in the future, but, but what already happens. There's already home invasions now, you know? Bougainvilliers, roses, gravel pathways, solar lights, have a little peephole on the front door. Have two. Have one high enough for you and have one down below for the kids. Where you've got your... Um, where you've got your door latch on your screen door, there's that little clicker that you can click open and close. What a lot of criminals do is they'll push through the wire or they'll even cut through if it's just a little, a little bit of light mesh. They'll cut through it, click the clicker over, and the next thing you know, they open your screen door when you're sitting there leaving your wooden door open and your screen door your screen door closed on a hot night to get the breeze running through the house. Next thing you know, they just go click and they walk in your house. And they're either after your laptop or your television or your laptop, your television and you. Instead, you just get like a steel blanking plate. So you can just get like a little piece of steel plate from uh, Bunnings or you can go to like a uh, fencing place and just say, look, I just want a little piece of flat cover bond. If you don't know how to put it on with rivets to make it nice and neat and tidy and not destroy the look of your house or whatever, or even your rental property, get yourself handyman. And just say, look, I've got a little piece of steel plate. I just want you to rivet it on neatly. He's going to say, no worries, I'll be out there. It's going to cost you 50 bucks. Um, These are the things that you've got to start thinking about. Uh, Trevor, so uh, is there a uh, amount of vinegar to um, hot sauce solution? Is there like a percentage? There's different, there's different ones that you can do on the net. Um, personally, I'd, 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 um, it's one of those things. Every little brand's going to have a different viscosity. So it's one of those things that I'd just, if I was you, I'd have a good go at. Have a little testo. So just break down the hallway. Now be advised of this, right? Yeah. It's the same as it's the same as people used to do at protests when protests were illegal in Australia, right? Why do you think that the I don't even know what to call them anymore. Um, the people, the enforcers, um, walk down the street wearing glasses. <laughs> they walk down the street wearing glasses so that when they or their friends deploy pepper spray, it doesn't go in their eyes. Other things that they're aware of is, am I facing downwind or upwind, right? In their training, they'd be taught, right? The same as us hunters know, you can't let your, 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 your scent go downwind of where you're walking because everything that you're trying to catch knows that you're coming 200 metres before you're there and is already gone, right? So if you're going to try doing these things, make sure you're wearing glasses and be aware that you're shooting it downwind, not with the wind coming into your face. Yep. And you can have a little crack. All right. So, Trevor, we've gone through the cyber attack. We've gone through the dark ages. We've gone through the famine. We now know how to eat. We know how to forage. We know how to cook. And we know how to protect our, our food supply and our assets and, and our family. How do we communicate with each other? How do we talk oh, to our neighbors? So glad you asked this question, man. I'll get, like, I'll get at least three phone calls a week on this. Don't. I'll get at least three 
get asked this all the time, man. The last time I got a call was two days ago by this chick. She's like a retired uh, lady up in Queensland. And she's like, oh, Trev, I love everything you do, and I've been following you, and I've done the prep school, and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, but I, I still think, you know, I still think I want communication. And I was like, listen, you're a grandma, yeah? She's like, yeah. And I said, all right, I'll tell you what, how about I stick my daughter? And she goes, oh, I used to be a ham operator. So she's done it all before. And, and I said, God, I'll, go, I'll stick my daughter on the phone, uh, on the on the, on the radio, ham radio, and I'll get her to sound all upset because something's happened to mummy and she's all by herself. Can somebody come and, come and help, please? And you'll come. <laughs> right, and that's what they do, man. And the thing that we know, right, again, Right, precedent. Has this happened before? What's the possibility of this happening again? What's the probability of it happening now? What precautions can we take? Right, the thing that we know is in every war, they've done psyops, they've done disinformation, they've had translators. Right, they've had double agents. This is the thing. Have you seen Have you seen the movie Terminator? This is the example I gave this, this chick the other day. You seen the movie Terminator? Yeah, yes. Help, help me, help me. And it's the Terminator, isn't it? Yep, that's true. Yeah, right. Okay, fair and enough, th fair enough, Trent. Right. I hear what you're saying, right? Like, it, you could be baited into a trap, um, or you could be, yeah, exactly. But when you when you want to forage, you don't want to take the whole family. You want them to stay in your safe compound, and you want to go out, you know, and, and, you know, you have all your defenses and all that stuff, but you want to be able to, like, say, hey, is everything all right at the home front? Copy, over, okay. that kind of stuff. Okay, yeah, but, but here's, here's, here's the thing. I'm sorry if this is going to be distressing to some of the listeners, right? Now, when you're out foraging, right? I'm going to, I'm going to see you, and I'm going to go, "Oh, hey, man, are you looking for stuff too?" And you're going to go, "Yeah, blah 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 blah." I'm like, "Oh, it's good to know that other people know what to do and this and that, and blah 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 blah." And I'm like, "Oh, you know, buddy, I got freaking." three kids at home and blah blah now i might have no kids i don't i might have 10 kids you don't know oh yeah i'm gonna look after my family too oh yeah oh i've got you know little sally you know she's seven and then there's mick you know he's 10 oh they grow up so fast and be, oh yeah blah 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 and meanwhile i'm sitting there working out okay who's at your base how many people are there how many how many how many threats am i going to engage Okay, it's women, children, all right, this guy knows this and that and this and that. Oh, all right, oh, yeah, um, oh, man, I'm so lucky, buddy. We got some chooks and stuff, you know, but you still got to get, yeah, we got chooks too. What what sort do you have? Oh, I got I got silkies. Oh, no, I got those ice of browns. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got four. How many you got? Oh, no, we got eight of them. Oh, fucking beautiful. This guy's got eight chooks too. Oh, yeah, let, let's, let's, let's keep this chat going, right? Now, at some point... I'm going to hold you. That is if you won't just march me back to your place because you probably won't march me back to your place. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ransom you. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to get a pair of pliers. <laughs> Jesus. Dude, I know people that have done the pliers trick in real life. All right, I'm going to get a pair of pliers. I'm going to get your radio. I'm going to talk to your family. I'm going to tell them, listen, I want to hurt you, wifey, don't want to hurt your kids, right? But old mate, he's got a big mouth. I know about your chickens. 
Right, I know about your veggie gardens. I know about your 6,000 litre rainwater tank. Right. Now, I promise I won't hurt him anymore. If you tell me where you are, I'll just come by myself and I'll swap you. You have those chickens for me? I want a couple of drums of water you can put in a wheelbarrow. Got a wheelbarrow? Good. Right. Now, I want 20 cans of food, blah, 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 blah. Got any weapons? Yeah? And you're going to tell me. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll just play with Daddy for a few minutes. Right, and then he's going to tell me. Okay? Well, you're going to tell me. They'll tell me. They'll hear you scream a bit. They'll, they'll end up saying, Stop it, stop it, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Yeah. Do you want to keep on listening to how this story goes, or you just want to believe me? <laughs> no, we believe you. Dude, I'm telling you, man, you don't know. You don't know how hard and how, how cold the world is on a daily basis that we don't get to see that part of the world. But those people, they exist. They're here. They're, they're already looking for soft and high-yield targets. That's why grey man, grey woman, unless you're like... <laughs> fucking crazy mag like me and you're like oh yeah i'll fucking go on television i'll tell everybody what to do to be safe oh hang on everybody knows i've got shit and what what to do you know you gotta be some pretty friggin out and out crazy dude to sit there and go oh yeah i'll put a massive bullseye on myself because i believe in humanity and i want the world to be a better place and i want to wake people up don't do it everybody else out there you just, you just keep on being grey man and grey woman as, as best you can. You know, if you could help people or whatever, do it. But don't go exposing all your preps. That, that's why I say, like, even for, for dating, people come to me farm. Like I say, some people come here, they've known about me for a couple of years. We, we talk a bit, blah, 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 you know, and, and a bit of funds to be had. You know, but other people turn up here because they're seriously looking to, like, engage with other people and work out, all right, well... I live, you know, like I've got next week, I've got a, a mum and a son coming from Adelaide. They're driving from Adelaide to do prep school on my farm, you know. But all these people are hoping to meet up with other people and build communities and work out, okay, if something happens, who is a solid, decent human being? Who's a decent person? Who's a decent family? One of my friends in, in, in the other side of town here in the grandparents said the other day, he said, Trevor, I understand everything you're doing in the prepping. And he says, oh, I actually follow you online. He says, I know you don't know it. He says, but... But, but I've been following you for a while. And he goes, man, I believe in everything you say, he says, but I just feel that in those situations, it's every man for himself. Like, it's just you and your family, and, and you do what you can. And I said, yeah, but... Right now, without saying too much, this dude's missus is a vet. That is a very, very, very amazing skill and a very valuable skill to have in a community. If you are a vet, a doctor, a nurse, a theatre nurse... You are the, one of the first people that we want, right? And I said to him, I said, mate, you know, we're always soft recruiting, you know? Who's a bloke that can fix engines? Who's a person that knows how to hook up solar kits? Who, who's a good gardener? Who knows how to do homebrew? You know, who's got military experience? Who's a, who's a nurse or a dentist? You know, th these are the sorts of people, and, and, and spiritually too. Like I say, man, I hang out with people that are like 50, 60-year-old Christians as well that have been missionaries all over the world their whole entire lives, like in Pakistan and all sorts of stuff and Japan and shit, you know, way back in the day, because we all believe in a sense of good and we know how to do things and we know how to garden and all this sort of stuff. And that's, that's the real sort of thing like, um, 
in terms of communicating, you know, where you are, where you are is where you've probably got the most um, social capital. You know, you, you know your neighbours, you know the people down the street, you know who the cockhead is. There's an old saying, right? If you don't know who the arsehole is in your street, it's you. <laughs> right? And, 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 and so like, when, I was, when I was in Adelaide, I had neighbours, man, pensioners. When I sold my house, I had pensioners giving me hugs and stuff and saying, oh, Trevor, I was so sad that you're going. We've always felt so safe knowing that you're here. And I used to swap everyone, man. Like, like I've been teaching people how to do this for friggin' ages. You know, oh, you've got, you know, somebody gives me, you know, oh, I've got way too many oranges, Trev. Is there anything you can do with oranges? Oh, yeah, I'll make marmalade. I'll bring you back a jar. Oh, no, you don't have to. No, no, I'll bring you a jar. I've now taught you how to barter. Right? And not only that, I've now got myself a regular source of excess oranges. I can make marmalade. Now, I don't know if you know this, right? But back in the, back in the shipping days, right, they called the British the limeys, right? Because they worked out that citrus stops scurvy. Right, which was an amazingly huge problem at sea from a lack of fresh fruit. Now, Captain Cook, Captain Cook, if you look at Captain Cook's log, which you can uh, find online, you will see that Captain Cook ordered, and I quote, unprecedented quantities of marmalade. He was the first one to really jerry to the fact that there's something about eating this stuff that makes everybody be healthier. Now, you probably don't know this. People think Cook just went to Australia. He was actually one of the world's best, best, best discoverers. He discovered way down to the bottom of Antarctica and everything. He did a huge expedition. And they were staggered. In those days, you would, on average, lose 50% of your crew to scurvy. He didn't. You know why? Marmalade. <laughs> like citrus marmalade? Yeah, man. You just make it. It's quite... It's quite jam but we've got the rinds and everything of, of oranges right okay right it's it's not I'll, I'll, I'll qualify this it's by no means my favorite form of jam me being a connoisseur and all that but um <laughs> but it's all it's all right you know it's all right, it's all right. put it this way would, would i rather it than have no no vitamin c in my system in the middle of bloody a grampian's winter when it gets to minus nine no i'll i'll take my weight it'll be all right <laughs> Wow, man! So these, so these are these are the sorts of things that 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 we're really sort of looking at and focusing on and concentrating on. You know, if you've got if you've got uh, chickens, it's good. You know, make sure you've got a, a flap where little birds can fly in, like pigeons. Pigeons love flying into your chook cage and stealing all your, your chook food. That's okay. Let them steal the chook food. Just make sure that you've got a string line attached to it. Now, one of your listeners, as I know, I know, is a, a, a a vegetarian okay this is your time to close your ears <laughs> get the string line pull it closed walk in through your chook door right catch yourself the pigeon the only part of the pigeon that you want is the pigeon breast you cut it you cut them off they're like it's like you, you fill them in in halves you put it in a little bit of brine and a bit of vinegar and it tastes just like steak sandwich when you cook it if i cooked it for you i told you steak sandwich not that my friend that's one of your your regular listeners <laughs> would eat it because she's a vegetarian uh, but for everybody else, I could tell you steak sandwich. Oh, yum, delicious. <laughs> these, these are the things that we want to get good at. But the, the trouble is, as we said last time, guys, like, it breaks my heart that we have to talk about this stuff. I, I, I wish that sort of I was just teaching people uh, permaculture and stuff, which is something we can, we can talk about with farming and things um, and buying a farm and the ins and outs of that. 
But um, it, it breaks my heart that at the point where we've come so far in the world, where we're, we're in the age of information, disinformation is being used and abused against us at, 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 a, at a, a soil up level that, that, that eclipses that of the propaganda era of the Second World War, and that only just now in the last couple of days are a couple of little bits of media finally going, what of athletes are dropping on the field? <laughs> Bit of a coincidence about these boosters, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's hard to fathom that it's taken two years just for even the media to start seeding a couple of truth bombs. Yeah. And we, we should be... You see the same Sorry. with uh, famine. Like, they're starting to leak the famine uh, storyline, the narrative. The famine is coming. So, I yeah. like... Um, uh, Chris Martinson in Peak Prosperity, he says, I'd rather be a year early than a day late. And this yeah. is fantastic information, man, because this is on the edges and it's coming. It is coming. Yeah. It's what they have planned for us. And if we're not ready, like you said, it could get really dark really quick. So, yeah, um, I, think, I, think, I think the real thing to focus on is looking after yourself, looking after your family. Right? If there are people that you know and you trust, don't expose all of your preps. Right? Just do some soft recruiting. Right? It, it's like putting out a bunch of different fishing hooks, and usually usually truth bombs are good fishing hooks. Right? So it's like you go down a bank of a stream. Now, if you've got one fishing rod in the water, you've got one chance at a fish. If you put, you know, five or six, you've got a good chance that you're going to catch yourself a, a fish. It's a legal set lines, by the way, but I tell you what, in a shit hits the fan <laughs> situation, you are a friggin' dickhead if you don't try it. Um, but in terms of with people, you know, you encounter people and you think, fair I've always admired that, that person, like that guy or that girl. Um, you know, they've, they've got good values and they always seem to be, you know, knowing what's going on and, you know, he's a good builder or, you know, she just makes the most amazing food, you know, like just out of a garden. Like, I can't believe she can grow veggies so good and we try it and we, we just can't get it as good as she can, you know. These are the sorts of people that if you are going to start recruiting a community, they're the sorts of people that you want to tag in with, people that you either have known very well for a long time or people that you see have become super highly awake at a rapid rate of knots in the last two years who you um, deem to have skills, right? So it's like we're picking a team. But it's not like it's not like another team. It's not it's not soccer. It's not basketball. It's not cricket or tennis. Because for a start, most of those poor fuckers are going to run out the field and collapse. Um, <laughs> but what it is like is it's like it's like picking your A team. You know, right? Who's somebody that, that that hunts regularly? You know, who's somebody that's a good gardener? You know. Um, and, and even the old grandma down the street, you want to know who makes wonderful centuries? Centuries, if you don't know, means like a lookout. Pensioners make the best centuries ever. I had centuries in my crew when I was in Adelaide. Right, and I told them, well, don't worry. I know you're worried about all this stuff. I know you're, you're wide awake to everything going on. I said, but if I'm here and shit goes ugly, don't worry, you're on my team. And they're like, oh, but Trev, I'm of no use to anybody. I'm just a frail old lady. So, no, you're a really nice person. I always enjoy our conversations. I know you like gardening and stuff, right? And, and you know, pensioners don't sleep, man. They sleep like five hours a night and they hear a little noise 
and you don't see him through those little white curtains that grandmas seem to have that are so wonderful at camouflage, but they're there behind the white curtain and they see everything. <laughs> they make wonderful sentries. It is true. The it's thing true. is, it's true. The it's thing true. is, you'd be you'd, you'd be you'd be surprised who would make a good a good A team, you know. And the people that you should be looking at first and foremost. You know, uh, uh, the people that you um, love. Now, the, the, the flip side of that is, uh, as my best mate and I say, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. Um, so that, that said, it might not always be your brother or your sister because, you know, you, you don't want to sit there and argue the ins and outs of the pandemic two years into like what clearly should be fucking obvious to everybody that like, can spell cat and hat. you want to talk about farming? Uh, yeah, sure. Cool. Okay. So a lot of people are starting to think about buying farms. Things that you want to know about farms are things like uh, rainfall. So for where, where I am, for example, is actually high rainfall at 24 inches a year. But what that actually means is that's only two inches a month, right? And two inches is only five centimetres. Right? And it's marginal soil. So my soil was out by 250 times. So even in your backyard, if you're going to start gardening, if you're thinking what I need to do is I need to start ripping up a bit of a corner of the yard and I need to put in a veggie garden, it's a wonderful idea. Check your pH. It's going to cost you 15, 16 bucks for a pH test kit. If you can make a cup of tea, I'm going to guarantee you can make yourself. Well, I won't say cup of tea because now you're going to think that's a crazy reference every time. <laughs> if you can make a cup of coffee, you can do a pH test. People are going to be oh shit, Trevor's inviting me around for a cup of tea. Fuck, what do I do? Oh, God, am I in trouble? Just be polite right. say no, we're not going over. We're not going to his place for tea. Yeah, I'm bringing yeah, that's it. Well, don't go to Trevor's <laughs> place for tea, man. Um, and, and so, like, you can do a pH test kit really easy, right? What it's got is it's got, like, a little plastic board, kind of like a little basic chopping board. You put about a teaspoon of, of crushed up ground. You sort of try and dig it down from a little bit. But you, you, you crush it up, you make sure it hasn't got all, like, rocks and sticks and stuff because you'll get a false reading. Try and get it where it's, like, a nice consistency of what the majority of the soil's like. Crush up about a teaspoonful of it. Right, you've got a little dropper, like an eyedropper. It's got, like, a purple solution. You put three drops of that on there. If it doesn't mix well through because your soil's hydrophobic, just push it around a little bit with a little rock or a stick or they give you, like, a little swizzle stick, like in the old whiz things. And then what you do, it's got a little duster. It's got a little bottle. You just shake the powder on it. You've got a card, right? So that card is the pH test kit, right? So orange, orange is acid. Purple is alkaline, right? Green and like a real, real army green, right? That's neutral, right? So it'll show you the color. If it's too acid, you need to add lime, right? Which you can get agricultural lime for a farm, which goes at the ratio of one tonne per acre where I am in marginal soil. That's where it's very low. Like if you start with like a um, pH 4, pH 4.5, which is out by like 200, 250 times from where you wanted it neutral, right? You're gonna need about one tonne per acre of agricultural lime, right? So uh, in the Grampians, for example, there's Bobcat driver, um, Darrell McRae. He'll bring you two tonnes delivered for about 140 bucks. And if you are in this area and you need a bobcat driver, I call the dude monster. Like, he is as gung-ho happy about bobcatting as I'm about survival stuff. The guy is a machine, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so 
get yourself a pH test. If it's high, if it's purple, you need to bring that down. You do that with sulphur. Right? If it's just in your backyard, you're not going to need tons and tons and tons of agricultural lime. If, if it's acid and low, you can just get builder's lime, right? Hydrated lime. Bunnings and bloody um, shouldn't be supporting Bunnings. Motherfuckers telling us all I have to vaccinate. So, jeez, I've been swearing a lot through this one, man. Um, so, you can just get builder's lime from your favourite hardware store or, better still, go to where they're building a brick house. They've always got way too much lime. Go past and say, hey, guys, you've got any bags of lime I can have? Stick it in the garbage bag so it doesn't get all over your car and your clothes. Remember, this is the stuff that, like, if it gets in your eyes, it'll sting your eyes pretty badly. Right, and... The other advantage of that lime is that's the stuff that you can use as your kitty litter and your shit hits the fan toilet. So that's understanding lime, right? If it's if it's high, you use sulphur to bring it down. If it's low, you use lime to bring it up. The importance of pH is that is the key to unlocking all of the nutrients that are in the soil. If your soil is not neutral, your plants will die within three years no matter what you do. Right? It's one of the key things. So you've got to understand you've got to understand that. And you've got to understand um, what you're buying. Right? A lot of these blocks now are in bushfire zones. What you'll be buying, chances are, is the shittest thing in the farmer's portfolio that he doesn't want, and he's going to sell it to you for eight times more than what he paid for it two years ago, and that's a fact. Because the, 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 the simple reality is I, I paid double the record price per acre for my farm out here at Ararat. I paid double the record price per acre. That's just how it's going. You find what you want, you're going to pay for the nose. And mind you, I had to just put in a three million litre dam. You can imagine that wasn't ten dollars, <laughs> right? I had to put in a rainwater tank. I've got to fence the whole thing. There's no power. That's going to cost me thirty to fifty grand if I opt to go power. Even if I go a full solar pack, that's going to cost me fifty grand. There's no sewer, right? These are the things you've got to be aware of. What you want to do is every real estate agent in the country. Right, has got a big problem. Their problem is they have no moral compass. Right? <laughs> they will sell you shit, particularly if you're interstate. I got told by one real estate agent here, and the reason I come up with the moral compass analogy is I told this guy, uh, I was trying to buy a property over here when I was still in Adelaide. I asked him about the area, and I said, mate, there's a big creek running next to the property. I wanted a creek for, to know that I can always get some water, because like, you can always suck water up from bores or whatever. I said, but does that thing flood? No, mate, no, no. He goes, I've lived here for 30 years. He goes, it's never flooded. Yeah, that's funny. Ten years ago, it flooded the whole entire district. And when I mean the whole entire district, I mean the whole entire district. Oh, no, mate, it hasn't been a flood here. I've been here 30 years, mate, because you're in the state. They're just like, yeah. And then the thing that they get you on is, look, there's a lot of interest in these blocks. But what we're looking for is a cash unconditional offer. And that means you have no rights, you have no comeback, you have no cooling off period, right? Now, what the problem is, is all around the country, right, there's a thing called a Section 32, right? A Section 32 is what the landowner must provide you with, right, to explain to you what what the problems are with the property, what the... Um, uh, what the exclusions and stuff are, right? Whether or not it's got a bushfire zone on it, if it's got uh, a natural habitat zone, if it's got uh, an Aboriginal cultural heritage act on it, right? And, and these things can mean that you can't even build. They'll all tell you, oh, yeah, you can build subject to terms and conditions. Oh, but the terms and conditions means you can't build. <laughs> right? But what we're looking for, there's a lot of interest. What we really need on this one is a cash unconditional offer, probably by the end of the day. 
and that's how they're getting everybody to jump through the hoops. Right, with absolutely no protection. You, you've absolutely just the same way that I'll bet you anything in the world. I'll bet you my other testicle. I feel pretty, I'm pretty confident. The old Trev's jumped out of bed this morning, feeling ten foot tall and bulletproof. I'll bet you my other testicle. You had a good night but, last night, <laughs> mate. I've, Trev knows his way around, buddy. I know his way around. So I'll bet you my other testicle that ScoMo has signed off, the same as all the other governments in the world have with Pfizer, even on negligence for the vaccine. Even on negligence. That means, because everyone says, oh, yeah, but there's always side effects and you can't know how things are going to affect people. Oh, well, hang on. Well, maybe the company that did all this research, maybe they know how many monkeys died, but they don't tell you. Or how many people, that are these poor bastards in America that they sit there and do all these blood things and put poisons and shit in, they know how many of these people walked out the door and suddenly they got Bell's palsy. Because I'll bet you they fucking know. But they're that smart. They're saying to all the governments, well, look, we want to make $40 billion a month. And if you want this vaccine that doesn't work, uh, there's no negligence on it. There is no comeback. You can never sue us for anything. And in some countries where the poorer countries like Brazil and Argentina, they even turned around and said, oh, and we want you to sign sovereign assets such as hospitals and military bases over to us as surety to make sure that you can pony up the $40 billion a month that we're going to want. That's a fact. You can Google it. Have fun. I'm going to get a T-shirt. It's going to say, you can Google it. I love saying it. I say it all the time. So, so this is this is where we're at, right? So, when you go to buy a farm, right, try and ask around, try and find a neighbour. Right? I, I, I asked same real estate agent, right? I told this guy, I said, to you, mate, if I win Powerball, you know what I'm buying this city. He goes, what? I said, I'm buying a moral compass. I go, you know why? Is why? I said, because you fucking don't have one, mate. Right? I asked the guy about another block of land I put an offer on, right? Forty acres, and I'm talking Lamborghini money, right? With nothing on it. And and I said to him, oh, is there power? And he thought, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's power just in the next farm there. Oh, okay, no worries. Now, he knows that the next farm's a vineyard and that next farmer is probably not going to want to let me put power across. He also knows it's actually 1.3 kilometres over a ravine and over a creek. So then I managed to find out who the owner of next door was and I got onto the next door neighbour and I said, g'day, mate, my name's Trevor Andre, blah, 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 blah. Thinking about making a cash off on that property next year, he's got amazing views of the green. We had a million dollar view of the backyard, right? And all the grampians, 800 metres wide sunset. And uh, and I said, oh, I was told that you've got power in your backyard. Would you mind me just measuring it out and seeing how far it is? He goes, oh, mate, you can have a look if you want. He goes, but I'm telling you, I probably wouldn't let you put power over the top of my grapevines, right? And even if I did let you put power under, or over, I would expect heavier remuneration of at least $30,000 for you tagging onto my pole. Now, when I measured it out, that's 1.3 Ks. Do you know how much you're up for power? $130,000 fucking dollars, man, to connect the power. Do you know what the real estate agent said to me? Oh, is it power next door? Oh, yeah, it's power one right next door. That'd be fine. Yeah, that'd be fine. <laughs> that's another $130,000 to connect the power. It's a, it's a bit it's a bit it's a bit trickier than just ringing up Origin and they say oh okay will you be there at eight o'clock on Tuesday? That's going to be like whatever it is ninety six dollars. Bit of a difference between ninety six dollars and one hundred and thirty thousand. I find these are the things you've got to be wary of if you're going to buy a farm. You've got to watch your bushfire exclusions. You've got to watch your Aboriginal cultural uh, heritage exclusions. What that means is in some instances that means that you've actually got got to pay. Uh, state representatives to stand there the whole time that you're digging holes where you might want to put any kind of structure 
Now, if they find any kind of artifact at all, your show's over. Mind you, first you've got to go through state government. That can take two years and maybe twenty to $30,000 for them to say, OK, you can do it, but you have to pay for a person to stand there the whole time that any, anything's going on, and the second they find something, everything stops. Right, floatage, which means when a semi-truck brings you out a, uh, a bulldozer or something, like the other week I had a 30-tonne D6 come out the mine. Right, from just 20, what, 26 k's down the road, just to cart that to my place was 650 bucks. Then you're at hundreds of dollars an hour. Right, these are the things that you've got to be aware of. When people, people will tell, oh, yeah, yeah, you can put a dam in there. Uh, no, you can't just put a dam in there. If there's no dam, you can't just put a dam in there. In most cases, you need to apply for a dam. Right. Once you go over a certain size, there again, state government comes involved and says, right, yeah, now you need to go through state government. You need a big, big, big planning up and lots and lots of money. So all of these things are things that you want to be aware of. Other things you want to be wary of when you buy a farm is the poisons register, right? If you contact the local council for about the last 20-something years, they've had a poisons register. When people spray that property... Right, whether it's with sheep drench, whether it's with Roundup, and every fucker out in the country was Roundup, they're all they're all they're all hooked on Monsanto, mate. It's uh, it's it's all no, it's all super. I, I it's laugh. All I laugh because I know what you say is is it's it's a devastating fact. Well, the funny thing is, check this out for play on words. You guys will love this. Here's what I've been doing with them all. This is how I truth bomb, like, mate. Big farmer, whether it's PH or whether whether it's an F, they don't have your interests at heart. And they just look at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. big farmer, oh, you figure, mate. If they couldn't make money out of selling you medicine to keep alive till you're 80, they wouldn't do it. And the funny thing is, you don't get better, do you? They don't actually cure you. Nothing they're selling you cures you. You're just paying them again and again and again and again and again and again so that your symptoms just stay as they are. Yeah? And I said, now, look at your farm. Right? So in the last year, Roundup, which we all know is absolute poison, right? Roundup's gone up, buddy, I think it's something like 43%. Superphosphate's gone through the roof as well. But here's the trouble. All the farmers out here, they will poison everything. These are the two sources. Oh, i got weeds. I need superphosphate. Oh, I need more growth. Oh, sorry, i got weeds. I need Roundup. i got, I got, uh, I need more growth. I need superphosphate. Now, the trouble is Roundup kills all the weeds. Superphosphate lets things live a bit, but what it does is it actually kills the mycorrhizal fungi underneath. Right? Mycorrhizal fungi is like invisible fungusy root things that extend the root system of the plant. So it's a symbiotic relationship where they exchange uh, carbohydrates for sugars. Right? Look at us. We're covering everything today. And so what happens is when these guys have saturated their farms for many years with um, NPK, right? That's superphosphate. What happens is it kills all of the biota. So if you can imagine the gut flora in your stomach, it's like that underneath the soil. You can put it in food from the top and it'll still come out your bum, but it's not really doing all the stuff that it could be doing to the full effect because there is no biota in there. It doesn't have all the little microbes and stuff helping it under the ground. So when you go to buy a farm, you need to know stuff like me, for example. I bought a block that hadn't been farmed in 50 years, and my block isn't even on the chemical register. So as far as we know, yeah. poisons in at least the last 50 years haven't been used on it. That's, that's good. That's reassuring, isn't it, that what you're potentially foraging and putting in your body is actually well, the thing, as natural the, as can be. The thing is, I'm, I'm, I've already planted out like extensive. I've got hundreds and hundreds of, of fruit trees and bush tuck orchards and... Very extensive, you know, like every week I've probably been adding 
something between 60 and 100 more trees to my farm for the last couple of months. And, and hey, um, Trevor, in terms of yeah. like when you're cooking, um, using some, um, you know, fire, uh, firewood and you're cooking out, outdoors, um, yeah. I've heard that you can take the ash and put that into your soil as potash. Yeah, yeah, potash is good. Yeah, potash is particularly good. Just scoop it out and put it in the garden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what you can do is, you know, sea salt? Yeah. Now, sea, sea salt is, is a seaweed that comes from bull, uh, bull kelp from Tasmania. They then, like, they, they, they rinse the salt off it, they crush it all up, and then they turn it into a liquid, right? Every garden in Australia worth your salt loves sea salt. Like, sea salt is good shit, man. It's like, it's like, it's like the end of a day, if there was such a thing... It's like you've had a hard day at work and you've got a Jack Daniels that's a brocker as well without your spa team. That's seesaw for plants, man. It's yeah. gangster shit. Like yeah. plants love it, right? So what you can do is you can make what's called biochar. It's a good question. Like I love the questions you guys pop in, right? So you can actually impregnate it. You just get a watering can with seesaw and water. And what you can do is if you've got charcoal ash, you can water with that and it will, it will retain it. Right? It will hold it and it will lock those nutrients in like like a long life fertilizer. Wow. Yeah, you can yeah, that's that's good. Here's another thing that you can do, right? So you can make things like um compost teas, right? So this is a very cheap way when the soil has been depleted, right? The the, the trouble is a lot of these farms that you're gonna come across trying to buy in this day and age, mate, you are gonna pay through the T four most of them are marginal soil. They're not going to have power, water, sewer, electricity, fencing, nothing, right? And most times the soil is quite depleted as hell, what's called marginal soil. They'll just say to you, casual, oh, it is marginal soil. Oh, great. So I've got like three months of adjusting soil levels just to make it that like the pH is neutral. And then I need to like get the whole thing to actually have biota, which is like, if you understand it, the same as like gut flora, right? So what you can do is you can cheat the system. So if you can get yourself like a big olive drum, like all the salvage places around Australia have those um, those big olive drums, right? You can get one of those, for example, you put a tap on it, or you can just get yourself a little um, uh, jerry can, like you get those from Super Cheap and that, and they've got like the little tap on there. Now what you can do is you can put in um, compost, right? So the easiest way that you can buy compost that's already got microbes in it is you just get a bag of potting mix or compost mix, They'll cost you sort of four to ten bucks, even if you want a super organic one. It's going to cost you like ten bucks a bag, right? Now, here's what you're going to do. With as much water as you can, you know what, you could get, if you're going to get a farm, you could get like a, a, um, a food-grade IBC container, right? So you can get a food-grade IBC container that's, that's going to take 1,000 litres of water. You fill it up, and then what you do is you just take that potting mix or that compost mix out of the bag and you sit it in there and you leave it for three weeks. Now, if you understand that what we're kind of making is a thousand litres of kombucha for your garden, you've got this concept down pat. Right? You just leave the potting mix like out of the bag into however much water you can put in. You leave it there for three weeks and what it all does is it all breeds. Yeah, all those, all that bio, it. all those microbes yeah. breed. Yeah. yeah and, and then you just water it everywhere and now suddenly what you're watering into the ground is, is are beneficial organisms all over the ground. And they're just going to spread and reproduce and keep going and going and going and going. Wow. These, awesome. these are the things, these are the things like with me, my block, oh, we'll 
Well, to be honest, I actually started working on my block six weeks before the tri- title transferred. As soon as I gave the guy the deposit, I said, all right, I'm going on there tomorrow. I'm going to start camping and I'm working the block. Oh, uh, oh, uh, Trev, you uh, don't want to wait till... Uh, I said, nah. <laughs> nah. I said, mate, you signed a contract. You can't pull out and you know I've got the money. All right, that's it. Done deal. I'm on tomorrow. I need to start right now. I've got to get plants in the ground now. So first season, I've got plants in the ground. One of the things that you want to know about is things like um, uh, grafted fruit varieties. Right, so grafted fruit varieties, if you get a grafted fruit tree, chances are they'll fruit in the first year. Right, that gives you the big head start. Right, so these are the sorts of things that you want to do. If you've, if you've got really shit soil and you're thinking, oh, God, I really want to make like a nice garden bed or something, right, you can do um, hugel culture. Right, H-U-G-E-L, Coulter, K-U-L-T-U-R, right? It's, it's one of the first sort of foundation stones of, of um, permaculture. So basically what you do is if you get a block that's shit like I did, like I've picked up, if I told you I've picked up 150,000 sticks, I'd be lying. It's probably 250,000. I, I picked up for weeks sticks, 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 and made piles everywhere where I wanted to make veggie gardens and windbreaks. And then I put soil on the top of it, and then I put more 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 sticks on, and then I let it break down, and then I check the pH, and then I adjusted the pH, and then I put more sticks and more, and basically you're making a big lasagna sandwich of sticks and of soil, and what you're going to do is you're going to break it all down, and when that breaks down, that's all turning to cold compost. See, if you were to just say to some bobcat driver, all right, pick up all those sticks, go get me like 30 tonne of soil. And just mix it all around and come back, you know, whenever you've got a spare half an hour, just come back for the next month and just turn it around and turn it around. Yeah, no worries. In one month, you'll have, you'll have easy 30 tonne of soil. Easy. But it's hot compost and what that does is that's going to burn out all of the beneficial organisms. What you want is that slow process where it breaks down and makes what we call, call cold compost. And that way, all those organisms can develop. Now, the trouble is when you make this kind of system, you get what's called nitrogen draw, right? What happens is those organisms breed to a point where, like a nuclear reactor, they, meet, they reach their maximum capacity, right? And, and that's nitrogen draw. What you need then is you, you need nitrogen. So when it's been going down for a, a week or two, right, get yourself Charlie Carp, right? So Charlie Carp is like, I want you to understand this analogy. I'm clearly a bourbon drinker. Okay, so Seesaw is like your Jack Daniels. Charlie Carp is like your Jim Beam. They're both bloody excellent at the end of the day. It's just a little bit of a preference, and they both kind of do the same thing, but a bit different, right? So um, Charlie Carp is made from European carp that's caught in the Murray River, which is an introduced feral species that kills off literally everything else in the river. So they catch him out of there, and then they basically turn him into, like, this fish soup thing, right? really really high it's the highest thing of all the things you can buy except for like uh, pigeon poop it's the highest thing in nitrogen and then what you do is the same as your, your sea sole you put a little bit of it into water so usually you put about 10 mil into one litre of water so a $14 bottle of this goes a long 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 way right you put like 10 mil in your watering can you put one litre uh, of water for every 10 mil and then you go water it all around that brings your nitrogen back up and then all those beneficial organisms can keep rebooting through and then they just keep growing again and again and again and again. What you're trying to do is you're trying to make, when you buy one of these shit farms that you are absolutely going to pay like a million dollars for, what you're trying to do is you're trying to make a 100-year perfect soil in two to three years.
three years because realistically, we want our first fruits appearing next year. So I've had my property since January. It didn't settle since February, right? But I was already on there. Like I was on there at New Year's Eve, already starting to do stuff. And I've already got 425 metre veggie garden. It's got perfect pH soil now. I've got Hugo culture poles everywhere. I've got friggin' bush tucker orchards. I've got fruit orchards all over the whole thing. I've already started having um, fruit. So I've already eaten things like acid and raspberries, right? And my hope is that next spring, I'm already starting to get like one good crop of fruit going through. I've got olive trees. Usually the way that olive trees work is you'll get one good year where the tree goes gangbusters and then the next year where it doesn't fruit so much. So my hope is that with all the work I'm doing, which is, I'm telling you, I work quite often seven days a week from six in the morning till eight, nine, ten at night, just on my farm, getting things going. Um, my hope is that sort of in two or three years' time, I've got a berry forest and a fruit forest and an orchard that everybody in the district goes, this is how you fix soil, like this this is this is what we need to do because even these big farmer guys, like more and more of these guys are waking up to both the big farmer with the PH, like Monsanto, uh, Monsanto, uh, sorry, the big farm with the F, like Monsanto, and, and the, the big farm with the PH, you know, like Pfizer. More and more and more of these guys are starting to realise they're getting played for fools over vaccines, right, and they're starting to realise the agro shop that sells um, the superphosphates and that doesn't give a shit about, okay, you know, here you go, go get 60 tonne of this, I shouldn't have to see you for 12 or 13 years' time. No, you have to come back next year and the price has just gone up 13%. Yeah, you're right, Trevor. They, they, get, you dependent, they get you dependent on their fertiliser and then they, um, inflation comes and you've seen the, like, um, all these fertilizer plants that are being uh, destroyed by fire suspiciously. So all of yeah. a sudden there's no fertilizer and the Russians have said they're not going to export their fertilizer. So now farmers feel like, I'm fucked. But you're saying, nah, mate, if you have some sticks and some shit and some, uh, you know, you'll be good. And they don't want that kind of information out there, mate. Well, the thing is, you'd be surprised. Like, I've got one of my farmer mates out here. Like, my best farmer mate, he owns a lot of farmland out here. And, you know, like, to, to be honest, he's, meeting him has been the biggest blessing because it's very tough when you move to the country, which is something I should tell you. It's the whole, who are you and you think you know and blah, blah, and it's, who are you? <laughs> you're, it's, an, it's you're, very, an who are you? you're an outsider coming into a... Quite a close oh, oh, community. Yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. My first couple of months, he weren't so rosy. And then one day, I meet this bloke, and him and I get on. You know, and he's older than me. He's like 68, and he's, he's been all over Australia like I have. But he was shearing, you see. I've, I've done drill rigs and tour guide now. But we've done a lot of the same country, and we've got a, a love of a lot of the same things. We've got a lot of the same ethical things. And even our, like, um, uh, our... our um, our affinity for Aboriginals and Aboriginal culture and just how good they were at surviving and, and you know, the, the knowledge of the outback and that. You know, we, we share that we share that, that passion, you know, and the larrikin nature and the, you know, friggin', if you're going to have too big a go at me and you're a dickhead, I'm going to crack in the mouth kind of attitude. You know, <laughs> we, we, we get on. We, we understand each other, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, um, and everybody knows this guy. Everyone out here knows yeah, this guy is, is one of the best shearers. He's one of the gold best best prospectors, right? And when he was younger, he was one of the best with the knuckles. You, you sit there and, you know, you sit there and try and make fun of him around the shearing shed, he'd kick your head in, you know? And so he let me stay in one of his farms for about six months while I was trying to buy a farm. And then all these other blokes just started 
You know, he's saying g'day, and I'm driving down the road, and Blake's be waving at me, and, you know, I hear that Blake staying out of Ernie's place, saying, hey, yeah, that's me. Oh, yeah, I've heard about you. Oh, yeah, oh, you can't be too bad. Oh, yeah, why is that? Oh, fucking Ernie's not going to put up with a bloody dickhead, is he? <laughs> and then that got that got me the looking. Like, one of the things that you got to realise is it's hard in the country. You know, you go sit on a crowbar for a couple of days digging digging post holes with a crowbar, and I'll tell you what, man, you're gonna you're gonna sit there and you're gonna have a a, uh, a big moment of humility. You're gonna you're gonna suddenly realise how hard labouring is, and, and and why farmers, you know, they get they get it good when it's good, but by God, man, when a bushfire comes through, you know, they've got to replace all those fences, they've lost all that stock, there's all the things that, that go on, you know, there's. There's more to it, but what these guys out here and the ladies too. Don't get me wrong. Like one of the, one of the, and I really want to emphasise this. One of the hardest workers I've met out here is my mate's business partner. She used to shovel 20 tons of waste grain a day so that they could feed drought-stricken sheep without going broke. 20 ton day. Hmm. She did. Jeez. Right. But when these people see you come out, at first it's all, who are you, and blah, blah, and oh, hey, what are you going to do, and rah, rah, and you know, yeah. But the thing that all these people respect is hard work and a good attitude. You know, like, the more the more they see you getting in there, and they see 6 o'clock in the morning, they're driving past doing what they've got to do, and they see you out there with a the shovel, and they see me out there at friggin' 10 o'clock at night, man. I spend, like, two hours a day hand-watering. I'm waiting for the rain. I've got a three million litre dam, but it hasn't rained. I've got to drive into town every day, get water, and then go around so that I don't waste it. I've got to go around and hand water two hours a day. It's sprinkled rain, not yesterday, the night before, and I was like, oh, beautiful. Now I've got two hours a day, I can do something else except walk <laughs> around watering. You know? But these guys see it, man, and they don't see it once. They, they'll see you out in your paddock at nine o'clock at night with a bloody head torch on, and they'll all be talking to you. Buddy, that bloke, I'll tell you what, sorry, he's giving it a go, he's giving it a go, and out here, like, I can't impress this on people enough, sort of, um, when you meet your people, like, when you meet your people, I've got wonderful friends now, I go to, like, people are amazed at whose places I get invited to go to for, and this is a genuine cup of tea, for tea and scones. <laughs> They're like, really? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm carrying friggin'. I go around their place all the time for tea, it's gone. You're joking? No, all the time we have big chinwag. Sometimes we have, what, two or three cups of tea. Another cup of tea, too, now it's gone. Yeah, and, and the thing is, that's not just because Trevor's funny or, you know, Trevor's been in the outback a while or whatever. That's because Trevor's genuine and Trevor's a fucking hard worker and they can see it. It's not just me saying, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to plant all these trees. They see me seven days a week. I'm out there planting trees. They see me. I'm digging holes. I'm moving dirt. I'm moving branches. I'm making eagle poles. Everyone's like, Jesus. Everyone thought I was building this massive bunker fortification. Because I've got all these mad eagle culture poles everywhere. Like, you got no idea. Like, when I'm talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of metres, I'm talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of metres. And these things are up to two metres high. And then they gave it down. And then I add to them some more. And everyone's like, Jesus, man. Really? I'm like... You watch, this is going to become the best soil in the whole district. And now they're already seeing, well, there's guys like Buddy Darrell McRae, the bobcat driver. I got him to go and, and dig out the front section, but I'd already done the pH. He dug it all out so we could put a veggie garden in there, like raked it. He's got like a big, tough rake, like a harrow that goes behind his, uh, on, his, on the front of his bobcat. So he harrowed it all so that we could dig it up and like turned into veggie garden. I did a pH test in front of him. Now that guy knows this area. He lives in my, my, my district, right? He was in my suburb. 
And I showed him the pH test, and I go, look at that, Daryl, 6.5. He goes, fuck me, drunk, Trev. He goes, mate, you, you couldn't make, you couldn't buy it better than that. Damn. He goes, how, how, how'd, you do, how'd you do that in three months? And I explained it all to him, and I told him all about sore biota and about my causal fungi. There's bloody, I mean, there's hard as nail fuckers out here. There's this one guy, Murray Woods, sold me the block, right? Murray's selling one block in town for $5 million. I mean, these aren't, these, these are sheep station guys. Do you know what I mean? These aren't like dickhead small-time players. Like a lot of these boys that I knock around out here, these are the guys that have been out here 50, 60, 70 years, and their families have been out here for 150 years before that, and everyone knows who they are. And when guys like that sit there and vouch for you and say, like, don't worry about that, Blake. He's not one of those crazy, crazy preppers. He, he knows what he's talking about, and he knows a lot more about soil than the average bear does. Suddenly people go, oh, shit. Bloody, Murray's bloody vouching for this bloody friend. Better, better shut my mouth a little bit and actually give this guy half a chance because I'm going to look like a fool soon. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's my point for anybody that wants to really come out and and buy a farm thinking, you know, what they've thought. I, I obviously came to the conclusion where I was like, this old, this old great reset's on its way. I'm going to buy my farm. I'm going to start building my family's little Noah Ark. You know, on a plot of land. Yeah. You know, it's it's not easy. It's hard work. A lot of people are trying to catch you out to just line their pockets with money, right? But when you know your people, people will point you in the right direction. You know, even my mate, only the other day, he come out with seven ton of grape waste, right, straight from one of the big wineries. So after they press the grapes, that's called grape waste, right? It's crushed grapes. And it's a little bit alkaline, but it's organic. It's beautiful for soil. You'll read about some of the permaculture books. Right, just turns up out of the blue. I said, oh, g'day, mate, what are you up to? He goes, oh, goes, buddy, saw you, buddy, underway with your, your veggie garden. He goes, am I too late to drop some of this out to help your soil? And I was like, oh, shit, really, man? He goes, ah, that, he goes that'll give you something to shovel, Trevor. I know you like to shovel. <laughs> seven, seven ton, man, seven ton. Dude just dropped me seven ton of piss easy to shovel. Nice and, not, I mean, this isn't bricks or rocks or concrete. It's like shoveling barley grain, mate. It's, it's, yeah, a shovel weighs nothing. It's a few kilos of shovel. There's no weight in it. Oh, here you go. Here's seven tonne of this. This will keep you busy. Hope you didn't have plans for the rest of the day. All right. I'm off. I've got work to do. Can't stand around talking. So free. You know, these are the people that once you come out and you freaking they see you, they're not going to like, give you credit first day or first week. Yeah, huh? you put up a gate. Oh, my God. You're amazing. Man. Now, now, go do, now go do 10 kilometres of fence and talk to me. But when they see you just trying and trying and not giving up and having a go, then suddenly people will start helping you and they'll vouch for you. And then suddenly, you know, you're not going to get yourself ripped off on uh, welcome to country prices. Suddenly, you're only going to be dealing with the proper people. People are going to say, oh, you need a bobcat, do you? You go get Daryl McRae. That guy doesn't even stop to take a phone call. <laughs> Whatever he charges you an hour... That's for work you get done. Yeah, come here. You know, and that's the thing, like, one, once people sort of take a shot here, that's it. That's it. You're on, you're on your way. And then now, vice versa, they've taken to me, and now I'm soft recruiting them. I'm like, oh, <laughs> who's got what skills? And, okay, how awake are you? And, okay, I can talk to you about this subject or that subject, but that subject you don't like to play with too much. All right, we, we, we can... You know, we've all got little subjects that we don't like too much, you know, but but that's that's sort of the crux of it. Like, for anybody that's thinking, 
I don't know where the world's going to go. Maybe I'm going to go out to the country and have a crack. It's, it's going to be a lot harder than you think. There are a lot more traps than you think. There's, there's buyer's advocates. You can literally not find a buyer's advocate in country uh, Victoria to help you buy a farm. They, you'll get buyer's advocates to help you buy a house, for example. You can get a house inspection on a house. But there's no one really that's going to actually walk you through the process of buying a farm and the things you've got to be careful about. Like I say, oh, a lot, and they do. Oh, there's a lot of interest in this one. I'm pretty sure it'll be gone by tomorrow. What we're looking for is a cash unconditional offer uh, by 5 p.m. That's it. You don't even get time. You ring the council and you try and say to the council, look, is there any bushfire zones? Is there Aboriginal heritage overways? Is there power lines? Is there a mine lease? Is there, is there you know... And they say, oh, you know, we'll give us your email address. We'll try and get back to you within two or three weeks. <laughs> now, most of these most of these properties in the last year, in country Victoria in particular and country South Australia, most of these properties have been on the market and sold within four to five days. What that means is you don't even get time to do your homework and get a Section 32, and all of these trade agents know it. Wow. Wow, Trevor. Amazing, mate. You took us from buying a farm to building up the soil to planting it to defending it all in a two-hour stretch mate and i think uh you know since we've been chatting for two hours i think your break is over i think you got to go shovel some more <laughs> trevor ah oh, we lost him well listeners that's what living in the bush is like sometimes the signal gets lost um we do want to thank trevor he gave us two hours of his very valuable time and uh, what can we say? Thank you so much, Trevor. Sorry we couldn't say bye properly. Hopefully this will do. Uh, thank you so much. This is the Vax Man. Yeah, thank you, Trevor. Uh, hopefully we'll find you, mate. Um, technical difficulties, but it's okay. It's, it's, it's what it's happens. What, it's what happens. Awesome information. Just great stuff, Trevor. You're the man. Um, yeah, yep. thanks again. Thanks, and we'll Trevor. see you in the next interview, folks. <laughs> we'll talk again. <laughs> see ya. Prison Colony Resistance Where you come to get your PCR test for